Listener supported. WNYC Studios. The Jazz Loft Radio Series is funded in part by a grant from the National Endowment for the Humanities and by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts. There were roughly 1,740 reels of tape recorded in the Jazz Loft. This is reel number 14, dated January 29, 1960. There are plenty of stories and characters revealed by all those many, many tapes recorded in the loft in the 50s and 60s. And then there are the tapes themselves, the ones that may not tell such a specific story, but they may capture something else. Like the energy in this jam session with Dave McKenna on piano, Eddie DeHaas bass, Ron Free drums. You may not feel quite that same energy in a studio recording, or even a live recording. Jam sessions were the way of things at the law, and they sound like what they are. Not a performance, not a rehearsal, more like musicians thinking out loud, figuring each other out, exploring the possibilities. These loft tapes give us hundreds of hours of these things to listen to. That's Zoot Sims joining in. Zoot's name and his work come up again and again in the tapes. He was a loyal regular in the place. W. Eugene Smith, the master photographer who lived in the loft, photographed the life there and made these tapes, knew what he was doing. Though we're not completely sure what that was. He thought maybe he'd do a project someday, maybe a book, he said, about life in the loft. In the meantime, he was gathering material. All over the world, man, a musician is respected. You can work with different people. New York City is the only place that it's... 
They pay the highest wages here, but man, the cost of living is high. I'm not talking about money, man. I forget the talking money. I'm talking about playing music. Making it to being respected as a human being. I don't care about being respected. I would love to have respect. Some people knew they were being taped. Most didn't care or even notice. It was long before reality TV and cinema verite was still very young, but some artists were paying very close attention to reality then. Whether Smith had art in mind or not, he was paying attention too. You just gotta like do what you really gotta do, what you really dig doing. If you make bread or you don't, the thing is, it really pays off. Goddamn right, it does. You don't get ulcers. How do you need to pay those? You do what you want to do? You're damn right. Pays off inside. Inside, yeah, I know what you mean. You look at every cat that you work with, man, and they're shaking, they're nervous, they're hostile. Sometimes you can feel how lonely it was in the loft. It's the middle of the night, and the tape is just rolling. It's almost as if Smith felt a little less alone if he was recording something even if it was nothing. But most of the time, somebody would turn up after not too long, playing something somewhere, though that could sound lonely too. And things in the jazz loft always picked up sooner or later. You get the feeling of the relative ease of certain things about the life there, at least sometimes. One of the hallmarks of creative work, and even life in general in this post-war period, was spontaneity. That can mean a lot of things, but maybe some of what it means is the way some seemingly tentative noodling on the piano could turn into a jam session, if the right people happened to be listening and then joined in. It's Hall Overton on piano, feeling his way along, with Fred Greenwell's sax and Ron Free drumming. Along those lines, Smith's tapes recorded many a spontaneous meeting of musical minds. On Reel 131, Jimmy Stevenson, a bass player who lived at the loft, is returning home after a gig. He finds none other than Zoot Sims hanging out in Stevenson's apartment. Hello, Jimmy Stevenson. Jimmy Zoot. Jimmy Zoot. I'll be practicing with you. I mean, uh, that's the only personal contact I've had. Yeah, other than your, other than your records. Okay. You have the correct time. Oh, I don't know. It's about uh, three thirty. Where are you going for? No. What time do we come here tonight? Eleven thirty, right? Yeah, eleven thirty. After ten minutes. Well, let's blow one. Yeah, go ahead. 
towering yeah, across the street from, almost from, from where Fire Spot used to be. And they completely refurbished it. It used to be a bank at one time. I mean, how big is it? Yeah. Well, I'd say about as big as the old Fire Spot. On Reel 121, Roland Kirk, the versatile verbal musician, later known as Rassan Roland Kirk, he said he heard that name in a dream, is caught by Smith's tape recorder dreaming about being a musical entrepreneur someday with his own club. I mean, I hope the man upstairs when I get 50 years old, I don't have to be walking around paying rent to somebody else and not having nothing of my own. Yeah. And that's the way I feel about this kind of thing, man. I, when I get 40, 50 years old, I don't want to be working for nobody else, man. But myself, you know. Hey, Roland, I'll let you, if you want to get this joint, I'll let you have a copy of my book for nothing. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> Uh, you know, my, I wrote a, a booklet called How to Operate a Jazz Club on a low budget. <laughs> <laughs> Roland Kirk's playing at the loft was captured on the tapes, too. Kirk, who was blind from an early age, died in 1977 of a stroke at 41. When the noise got really loud, late at night, there might be a visit from the local cop, checking up on Smith and his jazz colony, which was really an illegal living space in a distinctly non-residential neighborhood, and wired for sound, no less. What are you got the tape recording on for? Um, doing a book on the building, which is taken inside and outside. What do you got this thing running for? Well, because my cat was chasing a mouse. <laughs> And I was recording him and the cat chasing the mouse. What happened? The get goddamn away. mouse got away. Yeah. Holy like... Christ, how much electrical stuff have you got here? Well... Jesus, look at all this. What are they, all speakers? One, two, three, four, five. Four. Holy Jesus. There are two more over there. And down below, there are... But somehow, the investigations never amounted to much. Smith kept taping. Thelonious Monk tunes were a feature of the loft. It was, after all, the 50s, and Monk was rising fast, on his way to becoming a Time magazine cover icon. And not just the tunes, but Monk himself was captured by the tapes. He spent a couple of weeks that we now know about rehearsing at the loft with one of its most illustrious inhabitants, Hall Overton, who collaborated with him on arrangements for Monk's famous 1959 concert. And then some other instrument on solo, huh? come back, you know, like Monk walked around in circles. That is well documented by the tapes. You can't always hear exactly what Monk is saying, but the feet are unmistakable. Get the alto time to blow. You can tell in that. 
Now I throw four cards. As many cards as you want. Four cards is seven. It makes sense, you know. Back to a You're telling my story, you know? Yeah. Say how. If you can hold the interest, you know. Everybody enjoying themselves at home. Tape 212, Zoot Sims returns, Bill Potts piano, Ronnie Free drums, March 1960, as far as we know. If you're wondering why Zoot Sims keeps coming back, it's mostly because he's so good. Musicians use one word about the way he plays, and the word is natural. Zoot, born John Haley Sims in 1925, never had a lesson, and, his fans insist, never played a clumsy or ineffective phrase. He died in 1985. He comes alive in these tapes. Just a sampling of the Jazz Love tapes, recorded by photographer W. Eugene Smith in the golden years for New York Jazz, 1957 to 1965. There are roughly 3,999 hours and 45 minutes more. This is the Jazz Loft radio series. In the next episode, Hall Overton. More about that Loft resident, a beloved teacher and pianist who inspired a whole generation of musicians, including Steve Reich, Teddy Charles, and Dick Katz. He didn't act like a classical guy who's down with jazz. He acted like a jazz cat. He acted like one of the fellows, which he was. That's coming up in episode four. Thanks to Sam Stevenson and to the Center for Documentary Studies at Duke. For WNYC's Jazz Loft radio series, I'm Sarah Fishko. This series was funded in part by a grant from the National Endowment for the Humanities and by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts.